Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the TeacherCast. We really appreciate you coming back to this safe space where we talk about all things from being a teacher but also life beyond the classroom and myself and Adam really appreciate you joining us every week to tune in and listen to our little moans, our little words of wisdom and everything else in between and if you are new to listening please be sure to follow the podcast on Spotify and whatever other platform you're listening on and yeah I suppose let's just get into this episode because I'm excited it's a run-on from last week so I think if you are not up to date really on standard application forms and what they are I'd pause this episode go back and listen to last week's and then tune in but Adam how are you how's your week been I'm good I'm good um I feel like last week was a little bit back to normality for me because I spent a couple of weeks where I was just really really busy with things and I was up and down to Tralee quite a bit so I feel like last week was a bit more normal mm. for me. So I was getting my bits of work done for my thesis. I was back in UCC in the library again. Definitely don't uh, don't miss that. But sure, look, here we are, nearly there. Um, I'm still running because, as I was saying, I think on last week or the week before, I was mm-hmm. saying that I'm running the, I'm training for the 10K that's on in Cork City on the June Bank Holiday weekend. So they always run a marathon, a half marathon on the June Bank Holiday. They've had it at 10K this year. So I'm Unreal. training to do that. So I haven't run a 10K race since I was like, I think that I ran one before and I think it was like 15. So it's been a while, probably yeah. younger actually. But anyway, it's been a while. So I'm doing that as well. Fair play. Um, I've never. Yeah, nothing. I can't even run one kilometre, so never mind 10 kilometres, Adam. So yeah, I'm lucky. Mind. I used to run a lot when I was younger. Yeah. I did like cross-country and long-distance running when I was younger. So uh, thankfully, some of that has stayed with me, at least a small bit. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, besides that, nothing major new. I know we were discussing beforehand, uh, Hayley, about EPV courses and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I've picked my EPV course. I'll kind of sit on it for another while until we get a bit closer. Uh, yeah. to the summer about what I've actually picked but I'm uh, I'm just doing the one for now yeah uh, I might do a few more um and then I spent the weekend watching well the week and the weekend watching the Eurovision oh yeah people, for me I am a week for the Eurovision so I had a great week with Tuesday night even if Ireland did uh not so great and then Thursday night for the other semi-final which I actually didn't catch at the time yeah. because I was getting pizzas with my housemates but Aww. I got I caught up in it and then watched the final on Saturday night and the final was really good and my Aww. favourite one so I was happy out. <laughs> yeah were you, did you like Sweden? Yeah do you know like I know people were kind of giving out because Laureen who was singing for Sweden she won in 2012 13 I think yeah, with Euphoria which I think most people I think if when you ask people to sing a Eurovision song, I think most people will probably sing Euphoria. I feel like it's that song that everybody knows, no matter how much you um, have watched the Eurovision. And so she was back this year and she won again. Yeah. Um, so my top three were the top three, which was great. No so Sweden were first, Finland were second. I just like, I definitely preferred Sweden, but Finland were very entertaining. And your man that was front of them looked like some of the other young offenders. It was kind of gas. But um, and then Israel were third, and they were just really good. It was very like poppy, boppy, hip hop sort of kind of a vibe. So yeah. uh, I really enjoyed it. It was a great show. I must say the UK did put on a really good 
show and there was like a lot of Ukrainian influence in it as well which was really nice because the UK were hosting on behalf of the Ukraine yeah because Ukraine won last year's Eurovision and they obviously could not host this year yeah so the UK hosted it on their behalf but there was a lot of kind of crossover with of like Ukrainian influences and UK and it was actually it was really really Bad nice well. it was a nice to watch I just love the Eurovision honestly I'm weak for us so <laughs> Sweden have won it so it means that Sweden will host next year yeah. and next year is 50 years of ABBA so wow. which ties in really nicely yeah. because the ABBA are Swedish and ABBA were in the Eurovision for those who don't know um, so it all ties in really nicely for oh uh, a celebration next year in Sweden that's which unreal. yeah I had a, a great time how was your week yeah I can't say I watched Eurovision now but I definitely saw it on in the background because I was actually out with a few of the teacher girls off Instagram actually we went out for one of the girls I'm not going to say her name but we went out for her birthday um and we went to crew in Dublin and then we went across the road myself and Gemma who you've all probably listened to on the podcast we went to another pub called Slattery's I think it's called on Capel Street just because it was across the road from there and um yeah the Eurovision was on in the background now I can't say I was watching it but I did you know <laughs> I do like watching the votes I like the way you know I like watching that I find that part the most exciting not gonna lie um, yeah. yeah, I didn't really, I wasn't really watching the it was the main story, but if anyone hasn't been to Crew on Capel Street, I'd highly recommend the food there. Oh my God, so good. Um, we got chicken tenders, we got wings, and the mozzarella sticks were huge, to be honest. Like, they were so yeah. filling. Like, we couldn't finish I'll it. I have to come up again, Hayley. I yeah. know we had a flying visit the last time it I was is. up when I came to see... When I went to see Lizzo, I think once my thesis is in, I think I'm going to have to come up for a weekend and we're just going to have to visit all these spots you tell me about. Yeah. Because it just sounds like so much nice food and drink. And I'm not one to turn away nice food and nice drink. So I think I'm going to have to make another trip up. Absolutely. Yeah, I didn't really do much else. Um, I went for a walk in St. Anne's Park in Rohini, if anyone's from out that way and yeah that's kind of it like school's been quiet enough we had our uh, english standardized test last week so i was busy enough correcting them and we actually have our math standardized test then tomorrow and then so that's like the kind of number one and then like you've the word problem one if you get me well it's not like number it's not yeah. just on the number strand it's kind of everything but yeah, yeah. so there that's kind of tomorrow and the next day um, and hopefully the weather this week is meant to be good too. I'm actually teaching my class how to play rounders at the minute. And oh, they were fun. so like, but this is not how we played it last year. I'm like, yeah, because you're playing the simple, like the more simplified version last year. Like I'm yeah. trying to get them to understand the concept of like, oh no, like you have to get them out at the cone that they're running towards. Do you know what I mean? Not just any cone. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I kind of then, you know, me being reflective as I am, I decided then to put like, the magic cone i think i think because we're learning about the sun and the earth and stuff at the minute i called the i called that cone the sun so i was like you have to touch the sun cone to be able to get them out which is in the middle so okay okay it's kind of an extra yeah. kind of a hybrid of like the actual rules and the rules that we're playing previously yeah, is kind, it's of, kind a of a bridge because i was like, just I, differentiation yeah there you go <laughs> so uh this week i'm gonna try and you know make it a little bit more I'm, i think i'm gonna keep the sun but i'm going to make if we can get outside with the good weather i'm going to try and spread out the cones because there's only so much space in the hall as you know so, oh yeah, yeah of course i know all too well i know all too well yeah um yeah, because even I forgot to mention, even this week is our last week 
of doing the after school soccer club that I was oh, doing. Yeah. So we ran it for five weeks because it was the first time we'd done mm-hmm. soccer in this capacity in the school that I was aware of anyway. And uh, we kind of just did it for five weeks as a bit of a trial run. Hmm. Uh, it's gone on really well. Um, so I think we'll run it again next year. But um, it only it was t- in my head because I just, as we were recording this, I literally just uploaded the, I saw the lessons that. that I used <laughs> uh, on Instagram. So um, they're in my bio. If you want to have a look at them, they're free. They're literally just the, like they're the notes I used. I did not change them any bit before I uploaded them. So I'm not pretending that they're class, but they were, I wrote notes because I wanted something to reference and because the two teachers that were helping in my, hel- helping me out both were coming from a non-soccer background like they did not play soccer they didn't really know much about it but they wanted to get involved with me mm. so I was kind of writing notes to kind of help them as well understand what I was actually trying to get across to the kids and stuff so mm. you know if you're someone who wants to get involved and doesn't really know where to start this might be a starting point again it might not work for you can't promise anything really but it was what worked for me I kind of picked a, a focus each time so whether that was like passing or shooting or dribbling or whatever yeah. uh, this week is the last week now so we're just having a blitz just to kind of yeah. end it on a high note or whatever yeah. but yeah but no I said I'd drop that in there if anyone is looking for those plans they are in the the padlet that is in my uh in my bio right beside the link to this podcast (laughs) (laughs) well as well we'll link it in the description box of this uh, podcast episode but yeah I suppose like last week uh, we talked about standard application forms which I suppose came at perfect timing because my emails anyway have been hopping up in I I have it synced to Dublin and Kildare so I've been getting so many emails just across the whole county um and I also I remember last week we put up a questions box within the actual podcast episode. So the first question here is how could you how sorry hi <laughs> hi could you please <laughs> <laughs> hi could you please speak to the letter could you please speak about the letter of application in terms of the content? Yeah, so I got that too. Uh, yeah. in my I put up a question box on my stories, and I also got that. Um, before we get into that I will say that the amount of people that said that the podcast episode last week was really really helpful so thank you to those who DM me or put in this question box that I put up that it was really helpful and kind of put them at ease like I know some people were like I listened and I was a small bit stressed afterwards and I was like totally valid just from like oh my god this is this is the reality not because yeah. of what we said more just understand they were like no I, f- I feel better knowing what's ahead yeah. you know, for people that would say hadn't done one before they're like oh, oh my yeah. god this is this is stressful I don't really know but I'm they felt a bit more equipped after listening they were mm-hmm. stressed by the fact of the the form itself not by what we said <laughs> yeah 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 um, I, I think I suppose I think the the thing is like what's great is you can pause it and only listen up until how much you actually want to be able to fit in. So yeah, maybe you might say, Okay, absolutely. well today I'm gonna to focus on pages one and two and the next day I'm gonna look at pages three and four. Do you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I suppose back to the question, the letter of application, like there's no standard I suppose way of doing it like I just wrote down the headings or like the headings in my head there's no actual headings in the letter but the headings that I had used and Haley, you can bounce off that if you have anything different so what I always had in the top right hand corner of mine was I had my name my mobile number and my email address Mm -hmm. because it was the first thing they saw and it's then easy for them to grab it if they're trying to look at it again later because my name is the first thing they see on the top of it yeah um 
you know, always address the letter of application to the chairperson. Um, it yeah. is, it might say in the advert to say, dear chairperson or dear Mr. Barrett or whatever, do you know, they might name the chairperson, they might, they might not, do you know, that's, it's not a deal breaker if you do or don't, but you're addressing it to the chairperson, not the principal. Yeah. Um, then like in mine, I just start off saying, I'm writing to apply for the position of blah, 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 whatever the position is. Then I spoke about my name, just gave my name and my qualifications, uh, my experience thus far, my professional qualities and curricular interests. So like teachery bits, mm -hmm. uh, how I uphold the ethos. I always put a bit on ethos into my letter of application. Uh, my own personal qualities. So like diligence, hardworking, team player, all that jazz. And then usually I finish it off with what you've attached. So for example, with this letter of application, I have attached the standard application form and my referees as per the requirements of the advert, you know, or whatever is said in the advert, you know what I mean? And then I'll just finish off with regards or yours professionally or whatever, yeah. and then finish it off. But um, Hayley, I don't know if you, I'm sure you did it differently because realistically we're all coming at it from different angles, but I suppose, how did you go about doing the letter of application? So I had the school's address on the top left. Then I had underneath the date that I was writing the letter. And then I always, like Adam, refer to the chairperson. So dear chairperson. And then I just like say I'm happy to apply for this position in your school and I name the school and then as advertised on education posts and then mm -hmm. I just kind of gave a background about you know that I was still I was still studying that I said I was due to graduate because yeah, for a lot of people fair. now they you know they might be still studying um, and then I just said like I had like I feel like I'm fit for the role and then I talked about like during my studies, like what experience I've undertaken and what programs I've been exposed to. And um, then as well, then after that, I talked about uh, what my undergrad was in and how the skills in that can help me in the role. Then I also talked about like my special interests. And then I talked about the school itself, what I've noticed off their school website and how I think that I could envision myself basically you know, mm -hmm. a whole, that's where you like to have that kind of individual yeah. and then just saying like I had my application and I said please find my application enclosed this provides a greater insight into my education professional development and achievements and then I had that thanks for taking the time to consider my application mm -hmm. and then I would be available for inter interview at your convenience so. yeah i think i know people get worried about it being more than a page one, like yeah. you don't want it to go on forever yeah but like especially if you've got addresses and things up the top like that could take a third of a page just by the addresses and stuff so like like mine was always a page and a half to be honest i'm mm -hmm. gonna be totally frank and honest and that's including like the whole thanks for your time you're sincerely blah 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 all that jazz yeah. and the stuff up the top so like i think the content itself was probably a page but when you put in the little bit of padding at the beginning and the end yeah. it probably came out to a page and a half so i wouldn't be getting overly concerned about the length now it should not really be more than like a page and a half like especially when it's going with the standard application form because then you're just kind of talking about the same thing twice yeah so it's kind of just an introduction to you especially if it's coming with the standard application form you know it's kind of the introduction to the form in a certain way yeah. so like a page page and a half is kind of the ideal length i think totally have you got a question there adam um yeah so uh, and I think this is kind of, well, kind of pertinent to to you 
Hayley now, I don't know what I know I know with doing the the masters, the teaching house numbers were slightly different and stuff, but um if it says that the job advert states that teaching council registration is necessary mm-hmm. and yours is still pending, does that matter? No. No, it does not. Um because this is more so just to deter um like non teachers from applying basically. Your teaching council registration is pending. It's not like you don't have it. You are just waiting for it to come through. Yeah. So that that that's kind of just a placeholder, really, so that someone basically, if so, if any old Joe Soap from wherever <laughs> applied, and they're like, "But why didn't you give me the job? You didn't say I had to have a teaching council registration." Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of just a formality, really. And if yours is pending, I wouldn't be overly concerned. Honestly, it's not. Um, it's not a concern at all. Yeah, I have some longer questions here now, Adam, because these have come in through DMs, but I'm going to read okay. them. And they're always just so nice. Can I just say thanks to everyone for just showing so much kindness? Because it just, I don't know, I love reading them. It makes me, it makes me so happy. So this one, uh, hi, I hope you're doing great. I've been following your page for a while now and I love it. It helps me so much. I'm just messaging with a quick question about CVs for primary school applications. I'm a recent, I'm recently an NQT looking to get sorry looking to send an application to a specific school they're not asking for a standard application form but instead a cv which is digital would you be able to give advice on how to structure this and how does it differ from a standard application form what do i include or not include any help would be much much appreciated thank you so much cvs like they're so outdated in my opinion and they don't really give you enough scope compared to the standard application form it's very formulaic like the cv it's it's very much facts it's usually like experience like teaching practice grades the end like it's there's not really like a cv is supposed to only be two pages like yeah so i suppose like if you're trying to get information into that like i would allow maybe a paragraph or two at the bottom of a CV to kind of emulate the the boxes that are at the end of the standard application form, maybe. Yeah. To because like you've got the teaching practice grades in there from the standard application form. You've got the experience that you have thus far from the standard application form, and again, you've got the like formality, so name, address, like teaching council number, all that jazz. So I suppose the end you kind of want to leave maybe half a page. Like the CV is supposed to be over two pages, I think. So you'd want to leave probably half a page, maybe for um, like to kind of emulate the 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 boxes that are in the at the end of the standard application form. I haven't had to do a CV in a while, to be honest, because I don't think most schools find it beneficial um, because it's not. But <laughs> it's obviously beneficial to someone to say they're asking for it. But yeah, I think you're just trying to emulate the the CV like with the information you have from the standard application form would be my advice i'm just searching here to see did i make a cv up last year yeah i did so let's just see what i did because i don't remember oh yeah okay so what i had was well you see they would have always asked me for a standard application form as well yeah so don't be afraid it's to make you your, wouldn't get the yeah, like yeah don't be afraid to make your letter of application i'd say like that a little bit longer if you want yeah i would agree actually yeah that if this letter of application is going without a if it's going on its own which is very rare or with 
just like a CV or something, I would then extend out the letter of application to maybe like two pages. I still wouldn't make it much longer than two pages, if I'm honest. Actually, Adam, I have a question for you. Would you put your letter of application copied and pasted into the body of the email? No. No. No, 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 never, not even once. No, the advice I was given was that the email should be short, succinct, to the point, and done because they don't have time to be reading all the emails. They look at the attachments because that's what you're sending. Like my emails were always, my name is, I'm applying for the position of blah as advertising education post.ie. Mm-hmm. Um, please find attached X, Y, and Z as per the advert. I look forward to hearing from you in due course. Yours professionally, Adam Barr. That was it. That was all I would ever put right. in the emails because I personally, now, unless the advert says put it into the body of the email, obviously. Um, I From the experience I got and from talking to some principals, they were very much like the email is kind of, for them, in those scenarios, mm-hmm. let me preface that, in those scenarios, it was just a case of they didn't want to do paper copies, so we're doing the email. Just tell me what you've emailed and attach it and move on. Stop like making this harder for me to figure out. Yeah. Personally, what, what, but again, each to their own. What, just last question I've come from me. What's your take on sending applications by post? I hate them so much. <laughs> I just think it's such a waste of paper, really resources, is. time. Like, I'm Money. sorry, but I never go to the post office. So, like, I'm the amount as in, like, I think since COVID, like, since COVID hit and then post COVID, I definitely think the amount of, like, postal applications has reduced dramatically um especially during covid and i think it's kind of continued like post covid but i remember in my nqt year so the summer i qualified which was 2019 to say like the amount of paper and i just come off the back of teaching practice where i would cut down the amazon rainforest to act to get the (laughs) folders together um and then cutting down another small forest to put in these applications. Like I said last week, I was applying to every job up and down the country because I just wanted to get a job. I didn't care if I liked it or not. Yeah. So like the friends that like I knew the post office people by first name basis by the end of the summer. And sure, did I get a job? No. So yes. like, oh no, postal applications, I hate them. Get them in the bin. No. Yeah. <laughs> it won't be me. I can't remember what that other question was now that I don't know. It was the CV. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have my CV open up. Well, I had it open up here. Where's it gone? Oh, yeah. Um, So what did I have? Sorry, I lost it. I'm on my laptop here. Okay. So um, I had like my name at the top. Then I had my address. I had my phone number and my email. And I even had my LinkedIn. <laughs> Love that. What am I doing? Love that. Um, yeah, I had, like, it was very, it wasn't very wordy at all. It's very much like oh, very my skills, my addition, my teaching experience, my school placement experience, other teaching experience, other professional experience, my education and my achievement certificates and trainings. That's all I had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that seems fairly fair. Um, Like you say, if there's a letter of application with this CV, I would probably use that to get in the the bits from the standard application form that you like basically those last three boxes and maybe like a brief a more brief version of the like skills and interests section that we spoke about yeah. you know, like special ed or pe or whatever 
So you're trying to worm them in somehow. Mm. And like, even if, if you get to interview after this, like you can use all that information mm. in your interview. So don't feel like it's wasted, I suppose. But you want to try and get a bit of it into the, into the, into the CV or into the letter of application if there's no standard application form. I just think it's a waste of time. Oh, I, I personally know. do like as well. But that's why we're not principals, Haley. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> if I was a principal, I'd be like, you know what? Just send me your standard application form, and yeah, it's what, there's a reason it's called a standard application form. But anyway, here's a question. Me. Hey, I hope you are well. I'm currently looking at jobs and education posts, and I'm a bit confused as there are a lot. So, sorry, as are a lot of my soon-to-be NQT friends. When a job is advertised and has supplementary panel under it, does that mean that they have that they have to offer it to a panel first and then fixed term is the one that we can apply for or have I got that mixed up? Also, fixed term, do you get paid for summer with this? Sorry to bombard, but trying to find the info online is awful. Would really appreciate any pages you found useful other than yours. Yours is so helpful. And they put that in capital. <laughs> <laughs> well done. We will be sold. Butter us up. Well, we will be. Can I just we will say, answer your questions. <laughs> the other page that I find really useful is Mr. Underscore Mentor Underscore <laughs> on Instagram. But no, Adam, I'll let you answer this one because this is so your baby. with regards to jobs that are put on education posts, if they say supplementary panel and you're not on the supplementary panel, That's get lost. Know. Get away from us. Them. walk away <laughs> say sayonara say good luck whatever move on if there's no reference to the panel in the post or in the advert you can apply for it it's it's simple as that and do you, do you think know? adam so, people on the supplementary panel are desperate to take those jobs off the panel or do you think they're just on it because they're they're kind of using it as a back way of in case their school didn't have any jobs i suppose like usually if it's, it's, it's very rare that a supplementary panel, I say it's very rare, it's very rare in my experience that a supplementary panel job will go on education posts because usually the panel operator will just tell the people on the panel to express their interest in a school. So it might be the case that their school, the school in question is a bit more remote or maybe they're just people haven't expressed interest yet or maybe this is just the going thing in that particular diocese that the job goes in education posts as a supplementary panel job and then everyone applies, it's on an even keel, that kind of thing. So it might just be the way they do it, but rarely do they actually go on education posts because it's still not open competition, it's still that position has to be filled by the supplementary panel in that diocese unless the panel clears and there's no one to take the job. Then it can go to the open competition. What if I'm on um, the supplementary panel, for example, and there's a job for like um, in X school, like in a school, let's just call yeah. it, I don't know, St. Martin's, okay? Okay. And say there's a job in St. Martin's, but I've never worked in St. Martin's. I work in St. Vincent's, right? Mm -hmm. Let's just say there's a okay? case. Yeah, the these are hypothetical schools, yes. Like, if I didn't want that job in St. Martin's, do I still have to take it even though I'm on the supplementary panel or can I decline? So, I suppose if it's the last job, yes. But, like, if it's a case of um, the rules with the supplementary panel is if you are offered a position on the supplementary panel and you reject said offer, you are taken off of the panel and you lose your panel rights for that particular year. If you receive two jobs offers within, I think it's three school days of each other. I'm open to correction on that one. 
because I, I was uh, questioning this last year. Maybe it's two school days. I'm not 100% sure. But anyway, if you get two offers within 48 hours, 72 hours, you can choose between them. You don't have to take the first one. But if you get one offer, not followed by a second one, and you reject it, you get booted off the panel. So, um, yeah. So you're a little bit tied um, with the panel, but obviously it does get you a job quicker. So there's also that. Yeah, but do you have to take it? Can you still... Like, I get what you mean. You can lose panel rights. But, like, for example, like, in Dublin, okay? You don't have to take the job, no. There, but you risk losing your panel rights. You risk losing your panel rights, but at the moment, like in Dublin, you've got your pick. Because, let's face it, there's some skills I'm clicking on and there's seven fixed terms. And the one next yeah, door oh, is Yeah, ten. you could absolutely... Yeah, you could just choose to go that way. Yeah, absolutely. But, like I say, you just lose your panel rights. But you can reapply for the panel the following summer again if it, if it applies and it to you again. you nothing. It's free. Yeah, oh, no, no, no. It's just a case of... Uh, like, you do have to fill out paperwork to get off the panel. Like, I had to fill out paperwork when I got my permanent job say that I was leaving the panel because I had secured a job or I was leaving the panel because I rejected a job therefore I forfeited my rights whatever it was like and obviously in my case it was because I got a job but um yeah, you're not but gonna yeah. so take... you don't have to accept the job but you, re- you run the risk I know what you mean but you're not like really going to take a permanent job in a school that you don't really know would you not necessarily like I suppose for me it was a little different because I had subbed I'm going to say a maximum of five days ever in the school that I'm now in. But the school that I'm now in had a very strong working relationship with the school that I was in previously. Yeah. So I was well aware of the kind of values and kind of the, the obviously the ethos that are both educated together schools, but I was yeah. very aware of how the school worked and stuff. So it, even though it was a new school for me, a lot of the staff from my previous school had moved over, like from panels and stuff. So I was kind of well aware of that um, going into it. Yeah. You know, but I yeah, think... it is a bit weird going into a school you wouldn't know at all. But yeah, like I say, you don't have to accept the job, but you do run the risk of losing your panel rights. I get what you mean. I'm having a look there here. There was something about fixed terms. Sorry, oh, there was yeah. something about fixed terms in that question, oh, wasn't there? Yeah, sorry. You get paid for the summer oh, yeah. if on a fixed term. Correct, correct me if I'm wrong this is a question again for I quote her at least three times a week Trina Golden from Tiny Acorns, Acorns on Instagram <laughs> uh, I, I honestly I referenced her about 17 times in the solo episode that okay. I did um, she'd be the one to go to about this but I'm pretty sure that you get paid for a fixed term for the following summer if you're appointed before the first working day in November yeah I think I'm pretty confident on that one. I just know, Haley, are you on a fixed term this year, or are you on a? I'm on a fixed ma- term. I'm on a fixed yeah, term. Yeah, so that that applies to you. So so that's the. Yeah no, because when I got offered my job, I was um I was told like, can you come down to the school like tomorrow to sign your paperwork, because they. Oh need to yeah, send so they off. went in on time and stuff. But it, yeah, 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 just absolutely. even get paid in September because you don't want to get a yeah, backlog. It, yeah, it can take a while. I because mine got processed in July, thank God. So uh, we got going pretty much straight away. Um, yeah. I was going to ask one, Haley. Now it's yeah. kind of one for me, but okay. I, I still want to put it out there because it's just yeah, yeah. You know, being Shoot. the one that keeps talking about educate together. Um, this person asks, "Have you any SAF advice for applying to an educate together national school?" Um, so I have kind of four bullet points that I wrote down here. Yeah, go because for it. I think that while um, while educate together schools, I still I suppose a niche. Um, they are definitely growing 
So I definitely think it's a uh, it's worthwhile being aware of what educate together schools they're looking for, and this is just from my experience, obviously. Yeah. So the first point I had was to emphasize the ethos and the values associated with educate together national schools or ETNS. So like what, like obviously the ethos of educate together is the same across the schools, but like what particular values are like used in that particular school, and if you look at the school's mission statement, um. Like, have a look at the verbiage that they use in that. Verbiage. Uh, in that mission. What are you doing? Like, you there with bloody Clover in the background of this while I'm trying to make a very serious point. If anyone doesn't know who Clover another... is, it's my teddy. Yeah, just for... And Clover has a full-on personality, by the way. Behind, oh. When the cameras are off, Clover is effing and blinding. And, and all he's all well and truly alive. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so when you're talking about the ethos, like, obviously you discuss it in general, but also look at what the school's mission statement says on their website and use kind of similar verbiage because it's just good. It shows that you've done your research. Mm-hmm. I would also recommend doing some of the short, free courses that are on the Educate Together website. Um, they do some on ethical education and learn together and restorative to practice and when I say short I mean some of them are literally an hour like mm-hmm. it's short self-paced it's just some, some of them are just a video literally it's not necessarily a course per se and they also do educate together courses for the EPV courses as well uh, and then I suppose the last thing I would say is that in your standard application form you should discuss learn together and other ways that you would uphold the ethos in your classroom so learn together is the ethical education curriculum that we use ethical education is our substitute for what it's not really a substitute but it's our alternative i'd say to religious education to re Uh, and it's also uh, important to just know like what the strands of learn together are and stuff like that and to also know that Learn Together's curriculum has received an overhaul and from September 2023 we have a new revised Learn Together curriculum. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, we got training on it recently and it was it seems really good. It, it's a bit more thematic which is really interesting and like for me it was actually it came at a great time to learn a bit more about the the new learn together curriculum because for those who don't know i'm writing my i I see those who don't know everyone knows at the stage i'm writing a thesis at the moment and my thesis is on lgbti plus education in schools Mm -hmm. and this new learn together curriculum is the first time that lgbti plus education has been explicitly mentioned in an irish curriculum ever so it's quite a landmark um occasion for people in the lgbti plus community to have themselves like explicitly mentioned like obviously there was ways of weaving it into the curriculum implicitly but literally the letters lgbt and whatever letters you decide to follow that on with yeah being in like in the learn together when it's lgbti plus um but it's the first time that it's been explicitly put into an irish curriculum ever um and since i'm writing about it at the moment it's quite quite prevalent to me but uh quite a landmark uh, i must say but sorry get back to the main point learn together um is the curriculum and talk about i suppose how you would use that and other ways that you would uphold the ethos in the classroom because like i said on last week's episode the first thing the principals do especially in education together schools or maybe other multi-denominational schools is they will look at the ethos box to see did you leave in the catholic spiel by accident because they'll check that they'll see i was about to say a live showing my age and they'll show growing love and that send an application form will be in the Liffey it'll be in the Lee it'll be wherever it'll be nowhere near a job anyway it'll be thrown out the window 
Which, yeah, that's my two cents on it anyway. Ethos, 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 mission statement. Do the short courses if you have time to kind of page your 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 application and then discuss how you would actually apply this to your classroom then. Amazing. Adam is a wealth of knowledge. I'm, the, I'm I didn't know they had a new curriculum coming out this yeah. year. I will say it's just like on educate together, like I love talking about it and like if people have questions about it, absolutely DM me. But Kira, you'll know this. My go-to person for educate together info. is Kira. Yeah. And uh, Kira's classroom. Um, you know, she's where I go to. I'm very lucky that now being in the school for a couple of years, I picked up a few bits and pieces myself. But um being an educate together and stuff but kira is my go-to for yeah. educate together kira's classroom if you're interested in learning more about etns fabulous i suppose we're going to wrap up this episode now so i think we're, we should share our resource of the week and i don't mind going first yeah so so my res- oh you oh, go sorry. first my resource of the week is something i'm going to be using this week so we're going to be learning we're doing art and music appreciation as our astro theme Mm -hmm. at the moment uh i have a post coming later in the week about it uh and for the arts and crafts station this week we are going to be doing a cubism uh which is artistic technique where you kind of draw lines across the page to create shapes but you're still creating an image within the shapes um so what i'm doing with the kids is they are going to paint an image, it could be a horse, it could be whatever, whatever the particular image is there already. And it's already, it's from Twinkle, it's already like separated out into like a cubism, like style of painting. And the kids are going to paint each of the sections then different colours to create their lovely cubism paintings. So I'll be using that, it's from Twinkle. Uh, I sent the link to Haley, so it should be in the description of this episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with, oh I'll pop that um, in. But that's, I'm looking forward to using that and I will be sure to share pictures when the kids start painting them from tomorrow I or today when you're listening, but you get the point. Anyway, Haley, you had your resource of the week. I'm actually just typing in here. Sorry, apologies if you can hear me typing. So basically, um, I'm still kind of covering uh, kind of the famine, but emigration in the 1800s and a great song that that I was listening with my students today and we listened and responded to it and the, like the lyrics of it and stuff and they drew pictures in their copy and some were amazing Adam I was so happy with how it turned out but it's um the city of Chicago by Christy Moore and as well as that there's also a great video that I'm going to be showing them on I think it's Wednesday afternoon all about like the famine from a child's perspective and it's on Skull Net. it's about a 15 minute video and I'm going to show that to them and then yeah we'll discuss it and talk and discussion and the whole shebang so yeah i'm really mm-hmm. looking forward to that and i'll link that below if anyone's looking to cover the famine maybe in the future on a placement or something like that so yeah i think that's it adam that's so it we'll leave um, it there two weeks of the application form i don't want to talk about it anymore yeah <laughs> no, totally. ask away if you have any questions yeah so i suppose the best to look to anyone filling in application forms you can only try your best and make sure that you give myself and adam both a follow over on instagram and follow our uh, instagram podcast page called the teacher cast make sure to give us a follow and share this word of mouth podcast with your friends and we will see you next week our episodes come out every week at tuesday at 6 a.m just in time for your commute so yeah we'll see you then so on, so on.